What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? And here we go. Welcome in. Another episode. What's the spread? It's time for the top 10. Mr. Brad Thomas, Miles Markowitz, we are back. Didn't want to leave you hanging. No. Did our uh, Started our two early top 25 uh, a couple weeks ago. Knocked down 25 through 11. Yep. And now we're here to start at the top 10. I must say, I uh, got a couple people respond. They were shocked by some of our picks, but actually really appreciated our... Uh, like our Ole Miss picks and, and, and things like that, where some people are, are not even having Ole Miss in their top 25. Um, I heard some LSU fans give me moans and groans for leaving them out. Yep. Um, but And you were very adamant about it. I was adamant about it because I think they get that uh, the benefit of the doubt in that situation where you think about earlier um, top 25s for regular season where like a UCF might have been excluded even though they had an undefeated season the right. next year or, or might have been excluded from the top 10 or whatever, so... Well, and I'll also tell you, I heard it from a few Florida fans out there. I know we got a little <laughs> hard on the Florida program at the end of last week's episode. Um, I do not want to apologize for my take. However, I do just want to say um, maybe a little too hard uh, on uh, my the way that I was feeling um, about Mr. Dan Mullen. Um, passionate man. You're a passionate yeah, man. But, so. but, but what I will say is that uh, I still stand by not having respect for the way that he's uh, doing his press conferences and... Uh, running his program, and uh, but let's just say, hey, he's still winning ball games. Yep. Um, That's the know, name of the game. Ultimately. Yeah, they're they're still reloading. Uh, we talked about Florida a little bit uh, before in, in the top twenty five last week uh, because I had them. I think at number eleven. Uh, I have a yeah, feeling that I feel I have a feeling that we're still going to talk about them today because I didn't hear them in your yeah, they um, were not in, in my, your twenty five to eleven. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. There's a lot of teams that I'm excited to talk about here. Let's go ahead and start with the, with number ten. Uh, this is where I have Indiana, and I was really excited to have Indiana in my top ten, mostly because for the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, I mean, to me, I couldn't have just one Big Ten team in the top 10. Yes. I had to have a second Big Ten team in here. And right now, there's no denying that Indiana, even going into next season, is still in a really good place to make noise again in the Big Ten yes. East. Especially, and we talked about Michigan, we talked about Penn State uh, last time, uh, that there are a lot of question marks there. And this is a time when Indiana can maybe acclimate themselves within this Big yes. Ten East race again. Again. For, for Indiana, they're returning a lot on defense. And that's a great, that's a defense who made that stride to kind of get to that next level. We thought about it, and we think about years past, that Indiana doesn't always have that stout defense. But this year, especially when uh, Penix Jr. went down, their defense carried them. Really? And honestly, when Penix went down, I expected them to not be the same team. Yes. And, you know, they they definitely looked different because he he was their leader on that side of the ball. But, man, they impressed me with how they played down the stretch without him. Yeah, they did. Now, Penix, uh, coming off that torn ACL, very similar to De'Ari King, uh, yeah. something to take a look at. I hope he can come back at 100%. I think he's a big part of this team. Isn't that his second... ACL? It, it is. He's he's had injury issues uh, throughout yeah, throughout his career. Like so I I hope that they, that he can stay healthy this time around. Uh, but Indiana for me was one of those teams that throughout the season last year they built their own expectations when they started winning ball games. Yeah. And then they come to that Ohio State game and they met those expectations and gave us one hell of a scare. Indiana was real interesting. Like uh, for me, <laughs> I knew Indiana would be an okay team. You know, I think we, I think we both felt that there was some hope for Indiana. Yeah. And then as the season progressed, you're like, wow. 
We're backing Indiana. We're not just talking about them. We're putting our money, our hard-earned dollars on this Indiana team. And I think they continue with that success. When you have, I think the number's crazy. Like something like 19 starters returning. That is promise. Right on there. Yeah, they're on the up and up. All right, who you got number 10? Number 10, this is where I have Florida. Um, this Florida was on the outskirts of my top 10, on the outskirts of my top five, but never really scratching that six, seven, that six or seven mark. For me... Florida's only benefit of this team was that offense. That offense yeah. is depleted now. No pits. It is. Uh, Trask, Tony. Like, they're losing their best cover corner. Like, this is going to be a team that is pretty much starting from, from scratch offensively. And then this asks the question, is Emory Jones the quarterback for the future? And I have said this multiple times. I, it's not that I don't think he's a good quarterback, but there is a reason. There is a reason why a coach brings you in during a game and they draw zero passing plays for you. I don't think he will be the starting quarterback day one. I just think that Dan Mullen doesn't see that it factor in him. Um, but for, for for his sake and for the sake of all aspiring uh, black quarterbacks, you know, who, who use their athleticism over their arm talent, I hope he, he exceeds and they do well. But when you're replacing... Oh, three of your best offensive players that, that Florida's seen in a very long time, man, you a lot of question marks. And we know Dan Mullen's going to have this team right where they need to be. And I think 10's a good starting point for him. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about the landscape of college football going into next season and how there are a lot of teams losing their quarterbacks. Yes. There, there's a lot of turnover at that position going into next year. So a lot of teams are facing this same deal. However, I think the difference here is that a, a lot of those teams have proven arms. Yes. Whereas Florida... I mean, Emory Jones is their number one option right yeah. now. But as you said, is he the best option for them in that quarterback room? Is there going to be somebody else that emerges? I could see Emory being the starter day one, but if he doesn't impress right away, yeah. it's going to be hard for them There's to gonna stick with There's going to be moan him. and groans from the fans because, they. I mean, you're just coming off a season with a quarterback who's throwing four and five touchdowns a game. Yeah. 400 yards was never out of the question for him to a guy who's going to have 100 yards on the ground. So. And they're going to have to change their offense. 100%. You know? and, and that's hard to do. And it's it's not like other teams don't have to do that, but this is going to be a drastic change for that Florida offense. Yes. And they're going to have to start to rely a little more on their defense, which... Number one, they didn't have to do last year, but number two, they were never able to do last yeah, year. So they've totally got to you got to fix that at to some degree if you're going to compete in the yeah. SEC, and especially if you're going to compete with a really good Georgia team going in next year. And I'm sure we'll talk about Georgia yes. here in a little bit. All right, uh, my number nine. This is where I had North Carolina, and North Carolina for me, big hype train. Uh, they were a big hype train last year. I think the same thing this year. Sam Howell is one of the biggest favorites for the Heisman. Yes. But for me, North Carolina, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, they have to learn how to play week in and week out. Yeah. You have got you to find consistency. Up. It's so frustrating. You got, like, you can't play down, you can't play, like, you got to play up every every yes. week. And I just feel like with North Carolina, last year and the year before, I never knew what team I was going to get week to week. And I think they deserve to be in this top 10 ranking because I think they're going to be a really competitive ACC team. And as I said last week, I was upset that they didn't get a shot against Clemson. Yes. Because I wanted to see really that bar where they were at. They had that game against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was in the conference for one year. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. How how would they play against Clemson? That's what I'm excited to see because that's the bar. Uh, So if they can play up for Clemson and be competitive in that game, at least be competitive in the ACC I see them as a top 10 team this year. I think they're on the rise. They've had good recruiting classes, but find, consist- 
find consistency yes. on both sides of the ball, just as a team. I totally agree. And I mean, they have a lot of pieces returning. They have so yeah, much to be excited absolutely. about. But it's sure up that defense and, and a, a play every game like it's the national championship. That's how you're going to be a successful program. Those slip-ups early in the season are okay. If you have one, maybe two. Right. But when you're, right. when you're not playing the greatest football late in the stretch, that's really what it's going to cost you. My number nine is probably my biggest... Um, my biggest back and forth here where I'm just contradicting myself. I've had a very defined stance on how I built my top my top 25, and my number nine goes against that because I gave Texas A&M the benefit of the doubt. They're losing a lot, too. Losing a lot here, and Kellen Mond's out there. Yep. But I don't think that's what Kellen Mond was ever the engine that made that program go. Agreed. And that's, for me, why I was okay with putting at number nine. They're going to have tough tests all throughout the season. This year... Next year, for the rest of for the rest of eternity, and it pretty much shakes up to when are they going to have that year? When is Jimbo going to give them that year where they're true national championship contenders? And I think it starts at the quarterback position, but not ultimately the quarterback itself, but Jimbo creating that talent because I think Kellen Mond had every bit of talent, but wasn't utilized enough. You'd have games where Kellen Mond would go out there and throw for almost 400 yards, and you have games where Kellen Mond would turn around and have 100 yards throwing. Jimbo needs to figure out this offense and how to get it click now that their senior leader is not there, or else they'll find themselves closer to 25 than to 5. Yeah, I uh, I love the A&M pick because I think there's no reason to believe that they're not going to be inside the top 10 again yeah. going into next year. And I think what it comes down to for A&M is... Can you win that big game against a Georgia? Yes. Or an Alabama? They beat Florida last year. Yep. That, 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 that was, was a big, a big deal. Win. They're starting to get those wins. Um, beat Auburn. Beat, you know, beat LSU, which, you know, they've been doing that. Yes. You know, steadily, consistently. 9-1 last year, Brad, in the SEC. That's yes. nothing to scoff at. They And you and I kind of had a love-hate relationship with AM last year because it was so funny because no one really knew what to do with them. Because they were always outside the top four, and they were in, looking in. In every game they played, there was never a game where I was like, "Wow, well, that's a great team." Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was never like even that one game where they had it was like LSU game was probably one of the worst football games I've ever seen. It was horrible, and but you know for them they kept winning games, they kept winning. And, and, and I they think had to. they will continue to do that. Jimbo Fisher is one of the best coaches in the nation. They have a lot of talent, yeah. uh, great facilities, great resources, and Kellen Mond. I don't think is a big loss. I'm sorry, I. Good quarterback. He won a lot of games, but I think Mond had a ceiling that they needed to be higher for their quarterback position. See, and that's what always bothered me. It made me wonder, was was it Mond's fault? Or or was it just never in the cards because of the offense they play? Yeah, I you know, I think it just came down to just that program wasn't ready to win that big one. Yeah. Uh which is against Bama. And I mean, Bama is the bar. Yes. Uh, and when you're playing Bama every year, you're in the SEC West. You have that opportunity to get that game every year. It's a big deal. But and, and you see the the what the last time they beat Alabama, they had that X factor quarterback in right. Manziel. So. Exactly, and and that's what it took. It's, yes. it, you know it it took that X factor. So yeah, I um, I'm in the same boat for AM. All right, let's go ahead and move it on down. Uh, number eight. I, this is where I have Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa State, year after year, how are they holding on to Matt Campbell? I don't know. I have know. no idea. But <laughs> the dude wants to stay. Like, he, he he feels like he can build a program there. I mean, listen, it's every conference has that program outside the Pac-12, really. But uh, if you're in the Big 12, you're trying to be Oklahoma, right? Yes. That's what it comes down to. And they've proven that, that they can do that. But can you beat Oklahoma? 
in the Big 12 championship game. Because it, I'm starting to feel like they are damn near unbeatable no, when it comes to the Big 12 championship game. Man, especially with Lincoln Riley. Like, what is it that what is it that Lincoln Riley does so good in a, in a rematch? I think that he adjusts perfectly. So good. And but also for Lincoln Riley, he's such a chess player, to in a mastermind to where he he looks at the season as a whole. He goes into the season kind of with a a skeleton of a game plan. Not that's not a discredit on him. Like I'm not saying he didn't have a game plan, but he knows that this is not his final draft. A lot of teams do this and a lot of good quarterbacks do this where they go out to the season this is the type of football team we are and this is how we're going to win and they don't change it week to week and they don't progress throughout the season that's not Lincoln Riley's style like if you look early in the season he was having Rattlers make throws that weren't in his repertoire you notice Rattler was going from averaging like two and a half uh it was lower a little bit lower I think like 1.8 picks per game so towards the end of the season it felt like he never threw an interception it's because Lincoln Riley he can he can mold players he can mold his game plan and so I'll be damned. The second time you play that team, right? It's it's, it's just it's so it's so difficult. Yes. Uh, but for Iowa State, they've been so impressive, not just last year, but in the past years, building this team, yes. building this program in the Big Twelve. Uh, somehow they have Brock Purdy coming back again. Brock Purdy the, the, is that kid never going to leave? Offensive line. I thought Brock Purdy was gone for sure. I thought he was too. Um, so Purdy's Brady. back. Brees Hall's back. Their entire offensive line the is back. Entire O line. So, Iowa State, top 10 team for me. I mean, Iowa State and Oklahoma looked, you know, you got Oklahoma State and the Big 12 hanging around. You got, everyone wants to hype on Texas, but got to respect Iowa State and what they're doing. All right, who do you got at number eight? At number eight, this is where I have Indiana. Uh, We talked about it, and for me, defense keeps them at this spot. Um, Early on last season, I disrespected them enough. I think that probably midway through the season, they started gaining my respect. And, And if you stand out on one side of the ball, you're going to get my respect. If you look at how I respected Northwestern, they stand out on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. You'll see how I respected Alabama. They stand out on the offensive side of the ball. It's just something that you know that team's identity. It's easier to kind of peg them for next season and position them where you want. Yeah, Indiana, again, uh, another thing I wanted to say, and I can't wait to get into some games and start uh, diving into those in the offseason, but Indiana opening their season at Iowa. Yes. So th- there's a lot of week one Big Ten matchups that I can't wait to get into that are going to be measuring points for a lot of these Big Ten it's gonna teams. It's going to be exciting. Especially coming off the shortened season. But that's a big one for Indiana at Iowa week one. Going to be tough because Iowa wants to prove that they should have won the West last yes. year. That, that they should have been the best. All right, number seven. This is where I have Notre Dame. And for me, Notre Dame. We've se- I feel like we have beaten the dead horse with... with God. ND, Brad. Like we, we know where we stand on these guys. They, they can't win a big game, and I'm starting to think that they never will. That they're never going to get there. But for me, Notre Dame is still a top 10 program. Brian Kelly has still still just had the best four-year stretch in Notre Dame history. Didn't bring any national championships, but as far as wins and losses... And All-Americans. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of it, it was the best stretch. I, I yes. mean, but, but what's so tough for Brian Kelly, and you could see the frustration in that guy's face after the loss to Alabama because he's so tired of answering these questions. If you're not winning games in the playoff, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And guys like me... Yeah. Brady, you har- harsher sure. for it. Yeah, they don't even top fine. ten, you know. But but for Notre Dame, they still play a tough schedule year in and year out. I think that their schedule is tougher out- outside of the ACC than it is inside. And by the way, that's why they swept through the ACC schedule yes, so easily. easily. It was it, it was barely even a challenge. So they're back to their more normal Notre Dame schedule going into next year. Um, a lot to like here. Uh, Kyron Williams. Oh. Uh, is a monster. Such uh, a beast. Really like the way that he was running the ball towards the end of the year. Uh, and then I also mentioned last week Marcus Freeman 
was such a big hire for Brian Kelly. Yeah. I mean, just home run for that defense. So that's, that's a defense that was already pretty good. Yeah, exactly. For years and years. So for Notre Dame, I don't think they get back to the playoff. I hope they don't get back to the playoff, but I still think that you're looking to win about 10 games there. All right, who you got number seven? Notre Dame has a tough schedule this year, but I guess we said the same thing last year. Yeah, I mean, but but well, that's the thing. I mean, too because of four ten win seasons in a row. I yeah. think now at this point, right? So, but they are losing a lot. Yes, a lot. So of talent. Um, we'll we'll see how they bounce back, especially after such a deflating loss to Alabama. Yes. Numbers, yeah. Those some of those games at the end of the season are are, are they they next stick year with you. defining moments. Yeah. Um, at number seven, Iowa State. Like I said, this team is they have. They're, if they don't succeed, they can only look at themselves. There's no outside influences that they have to, they'll be able to hang their hats on because they are returning everything. Brees Hall, we know Brees Hall is an all purpose monster. Yeah. Now he's going to be running behind an offensive line that gets to play together again. I mean, that's huge. That is the, that's the, I think that's more important than uh, Brock Purdy coming back. Right. And Purdy needs time yep. in the pocket. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks who's not going to be successful unless he has that strong offensive line. And yep. That's something that Iowa State is moving into next year. All right, where are we at? Number six? Number six. Okay, this is where I have Texas A&M. I was really comfortable putting... That's okay, I like yeah, that. Putting A&M right here at number six. Um, what I'm going to say is that for me, my top five, there's a big drop-off for me after five. Um, so I think for, for Texas A&M, they're like I the agree. first of my tier two teams. Um Isaiah Spiller uh, is a player to look out for next year. Isaiah uh, Spiller is a he's yeah, a, a he, menace. I think that Jimbo Fisher needs to find a way to use this kid as many ways as he possibly can because he he can be the X factor in this offense, not the quarterback. Isaiah problem I I say with Isaiah Spiller it's a little bit of maturity for him. He's a bit of a head case. So sure. if he's taken out of the game early mentally, he's done. But this guy is dynamic, a lot of talent. Electric. You have to feed him. Like you have to find ways, and the games that AM struggled offensively were games when Spiller wasn't getting those touches early. He's a guy you don't need to hand him the ball every play. Yeah. Get him out in space and let him do his thing. All right, who got a six? Number six, this is where I have the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I, five and six, interchangeable between Cincinnati and Georgia. Ooh, Cincy. <laughs> Kirby's got you're just, himself. You're just dropping that in like Go ahead. <laughs> Kirby's got himself a quarterback. He does. Uh, Finally, right? JT Daniels, at, at, when he came back from injury, the Georgia season could have been totally different last year. Like, let's say JT Daniels doesn't take a step back in his rehab, yep. and he comes out early in the season. This could be a monster I mean, Brad, team. Georgia couldn't find a guy who could throw the no. damn ball before JT. No. I mean, this is, a, this is an opportunity for Georgia with JT Daniels. I mean, you got a guy who can sling it. He can. We are talking a former USC quarterback and we know that these USC quarterbacks can sling it. This kid can be the X factor. And I said it when he started playing well at the end of last yep. year. I said this is going to be the difference in this Georgia offense. And there was one game in particular that stood out to me. Uh the Missouri game when they just freaking blew out Missouri and as this like, was a uh, a good Missouri team. At it was the time. it was a good yeah. Missouri team, and I think Georgia was favored by. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were like twelve or yeah, thirteen. Like it was somewhere in that range, and they just blew them out of the water because this Georgia team doesn't rely on their defense anymore. They can move the ball. Yes, and they can move the ball now. Their offensive line has always been strong, but now you open up this passing game and look for George Pickens to have a big year. There's no in the passing game with JT th- uh, throwing him the football. I like JT as a uh, potential Heisman candidate. 
I think that, and Georgia's been hyped every year. Every year. But I think it's warranted this year. The problem with Georgia is when they played against other good defenses, the defense would just stack the box. Zaire White this season barely had any room until JT Daniels starts coming in the game. Exactly. And now White can run free because you can't stack the box against an effective quarterback. And Kirby has still been bringing in loads of talent. Oh they're God. still so good on the defensive offensive side line, of the ball. Defensive offensive line. line. Up front, they're so strong. Like, God. watch out for Georgia this year, man. And how about this? Georgia Clemson to open the season next year. I mean, that, for me, is a playing game. This could be, like, the biggest hyped quarterback versus quarterback matchup where we got DJ... Playing against JT. Oh, awesome. And I bet these quarterbacks put up freaking numbers. So much on the line in that game. I mean, so much on the line. If you lose that game, you're not out of it, but you got to win out. Yeah. I mean, if you win that game, you can basically punch your ticket to the playoffs. Yes. Because if you win that game, you can still lose another game. I mean, Georgia Clemson Open next year is going to answer so many questions right off the bat in the first weekend um, that, you know, I I just feel like they they both are going to be in that range where there's... That's where they're going to figure their, yeah, their no, season out. Totally I mean, agree. which is just crazy about college football when you think about it. But it's like those two teams are going to be preparing their entire offseason for that game. Yes. Uh, it was very similar to the, you know, Bama Florida State game that we had. Yeah. Uh, that was like two versus three. Or, we just was it one versus two? Them. I don't know. Yeah, it was something like that. yeah Bama destroyed them. Um, I was in Vegas but, at Hooters watching that game. I'll yeah. never forget all the Florida State fans texting me before the game started. Then they started blaming on their quarterback getting injured. I was like, you guys were getting dominated regardless. So it, 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 it's one of those games, but I think it will live, it will live up to the hype because so it will well. be two of the best teams in the country. Yes, uh, and then going into right into number five, that's where I have Georgia. Nice, I have Georgia at five. I think they are a top five team next year. I think that they lose a max of one game uh, in in the regular season. I think they're guaranteed eleven and one. I think they're going to play uh, in the SEC championship. I think it's Georgia versus Bama in the SEC championship. Uh, Georgia wins the East. I don't think Florida's going to touch Georgia in that game. No, that's but that's where I'm at right now. It's it's early. But that's why this is too early, Todd. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just say, though, I have never been this high on a Kirby Smart team before. Um, I've always tempered my expectations with Georgia, but I think they're going to be really good this year. Yeah, I think Georgia's going to be good, too. This is a, a strange uh, thought for me because uh, two years ago, before the season started, I put money on Alabama and LSU to both win the SEC. This year, I don't really know who I'm going to take yet. Um, still some more research, but I do like Georgia. Problem is, I, I, Bama. <laughs> isn't Bama always the problem? I just think that Kirby just sees Nick Saban and he just gets afraid. But but that's what it is, isn't it? Well, especially I mean, come on, how do you come back from that national championship game? They still haven't. Yeah, Georgia still has not woken up from that national championship to attack a Viola nightmare. Yes, I the mean they're still hanging over from that thing, and that's possible. Like these things happen, especially in college sports. I love that you just brought that up. Kirby is never going to get to that next level with this program yeah. until he beats Saban. Yep. And Saban's never lost to an assistant. No, and Saban's going to, I bet Saban's going to keep that going until he retires. Oh, I mean, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> it would be unbelievable. Just please, Saban's somebody cool. beat him one time. It, it, no, thank like, you. Come on. <laughs> All right, man. All right, uh, so. Top five. Number five. five. Who you got? Cincinnati Bearcats. I am giving them their just due. I'm giving them the respect. They played a phenomenal year and getting Desmond Ritter back. Luke Fickle is, I guess, never leaving either. Like, I don't know what's happening at this I, at this team. I know, seriously. But, but I mean, if you're Fickle, this why is, not? This is a actual a, a point where I think that if you have Cincinnati anywhere from five to eight, if Cincinnati wins out, they will be in the college football playoffs. 
Their schedule is brutal yeah. this year. I think, uh, and and this leads right into one of the conversations that we always have, especially when UCF was having all their undefeated seasons, is that you have, when you're a group of five program, you have to work up to your opportunities. Yep. And it's the long game. You have to do it for years and years. And Cincinnati has done it. I agree with you. I think Cincinnati will be ranked high enough in the preseason AP poll. If they go undefeated, they are in, in the college football playoff. Games against Indiana... And Notre Dame, yeah, with their American conference schedule, is enough for me. For me as and, well, and should be for everybody. I think at this point, because I don't think either Notre Dame or Indiana are going to drop off that much. I, 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 I those are going to be nice ranked wins. Yeah, I think Indiana and Notre Dame, you're guaranteed top fifteen wins. There. Yes, all right, and then not to mention teams that'll be strong in the American. Watch out for UCF in the UCF, American. They're picking Tulsa up a lot of steam. Yeah, Tulsa is still a strong program. SMU. So, with a loaded American schedule and games against Indiana and Notre Dame, if Cincinnati comes out of that 13-0, they're in the playoff. 100%. So, I, don't, I, I just don't want to hear it anymore that the group of five never has a chance. This is it. They do have a chance. This is your chance. But you have to work for it. you got to earn the opportunity because you're not in the elite conferences. But here you go, Bearcats. This, you did it. This is your This is your shot. This is the third, third time. In, in my lifetime. Well, in the BCS era, I'll yeah. say. Okay. Third time that a group of five program has built to this opportunity. Boise State did it. Yes. And, and, they, and they lost to Nevada and called Kaepernick. Yep. And were left out of the national championship game. If Boise State was undefeated that year, I think it was 08. It was, it was in that range. They would have been there. Houston, uh, I think in 2016, they had the schedule where if they were undefeated, they were in. They played Oklahoma. Yep. I, I think they played Oklahoma State. Uh, or it was another Big 12 team. But they couldn't get it done. All right? You earn these opportunities, and you build for these moments. And I don't have any problem having the Bearcats. In no, five. I don't. I don't because either. they they were a great football team I think last they year. Live up to UCF this year. UCF and had their number last year. Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati and uh, Georgia. That game for me, it. I think Georgia was not letting up in that game. No, they had to earn that win. They had to scratch, fight, this, and claw for that, that win. That was one of those games, one of those bowl games that you watched. And you don't even need to know or care who won the game because I don't think that has any change in yeah. how the next season goes because they both right. battled to the death. I think it builds momentum for both of those yes. teams. And that was the best non-playoff game in the postseason yes. because both teams were playing for something and they were both looking for some momentum going into to next the Bearcats, year. they just went, hung in their toe-to-toe to... The SEC elite. Uh, yeah, exactly. That is a statement. Exactly. And a loaded Georgia team. Because yeah. Georgia's loaded every year. They're loaded with talent every year. Yep. For, for Cincinnati going to that game and almost got them. Yep. So close. Uh, that, was, that was a big deal. All right. I could talk about that all day, but let's go ahead and move on into number four. This is where I have Oklahoma. And we talked about Oklahoma a little bit. And Me let, as well, just so I can get that oh, great. hot and spicy. So here, so here we go. Let's talk about the Sooners. I think that this has the possibility to be Lincoln Riley's most complete team yes. in Norman. All right? And there's a lot of hype around Oklahoma, and for a very good reason. I don't think anybody in the Big 12 is touching Oklahoma this year. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I don't think it's happening. I think that Oklahoma has built such a big gap between themselves and the rest of the conference, very similar to Ohio State in the Big 10, very similar to Clemson in the ACC, very similar to Bama in the SEC. Yep. To me, I think these are the best four programs right now. In the country, and I think that, that, that they've created such a big gap between themselves, uh, especially Oklahoma and Ohio State and Clemson. Like, Bama, the SEC is so talented. Yeah. It's hard to do that. 
Uh, they found a way to do it. But anyway, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. Last year, they were out of it after two losses. Yep. But damn, did they finish the season They strong. tried their best to get back in. This is the first time, what, since I feel like since Sam Bradford at Oklahoma has had a quarterback playing two consecutive seasons. I know. And it's it's such a big deal. And it's quarterback you. I yeah. mean, that's that's what they've been. And Spencer Rattler just needed a year. He he, he was young. Yeah. He, he was he was green. Yeah. He, uh, he and he's got his experience now. Uh, so I think that that's a big deal. Now returning eight stars in the defense, which for a defense that played great, they did not play like a Big Twelve defense. They played like a defense that was hungry and tired of of that label yeah. that's put on their team. That the Big Twelve doesn't play any defense. They proved us wrong towards the end of the season, and and that can't be stressed enough, guys. That Oklahoma is disrupting the Big Twelve by yeah. playing great defense. Only allowed twenty one points per game down the stretch last year. Hats off to Alex Grinch for completely not only turning around Oklahoma's defense, but forcing the entire conference yeah. to figure out their defense. So you you've you've got a program like Iowa State, right? They've always played pretty solid uh, defense, but as far as just a com- from a complete point, like. You got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Mims uh, is uh, Rattler. And Mims is, is another combo that I think could could see a Sucks really big that season. They're gonna lose Rambo though. I, I'm not sure why he left. Like you're literally gonna go with a quarterback who's gonna throw the ball 35 times a game, and he liked you as a target. I, I don't understand that, but I don't think Rambo makes that much of a difference to that passing attack as masterful as Leak and Riley. Right, is. exactly. And they just have so much talent in the wide receiver room. And man, the Sooners just. Now, now that they're playing complete football, it's like a lot Scary. of people are saying, is this year they can actually win a playoff game? Because keep in mind, guys, Oklahoma still, Lincoln Riley is still looking for his first playoff yeah. win. Now they get there, and it's a big deal, but again, what are you doing when you get there? you got to win those playoff games. Yep. All right, top three. Number three, this is where I have Clemson, and I'm going to just give you a very simple reason for why I have uh, Clemson behind Ohio State and Alabama. Because Clemson lost to Ohio State. That Clemson-Ohio State game told me that right now, I think, I, I, I truly do think that Ohio State and Clemson are, I will say, even right now. I will say that th- these two programs are right here. Because Clemson beating us the year before was a big deal. Because I think that it was one of the best Ohio State teams I've ever seen. And we still couldn't beat Clemson. Yeah. That was huge. But for us to dominate Clemson the way that we did. The way that we did. And the, what I mean by that is that Clemson was pushed around up front. Yep. In that Sugar Bowl. Defensively, offensively, we dominated the line of scrimmage. Maybe we just wanted it more. And, the, and, and, and you know, there's, there's something to be said for that. But uh, this is why I have Clemson behind Ohio State. But Clemson is still a top three program. They got to figure out how they're going to replace ETN and how they're going to replace Trevor Lawrence. Two of their most... Amari Rogers, Yeah, historic uh, players that they've ever had. But again... You're, go, you're, you're going into a year where everyone's doing it. Everyone's yeah. replacing their stars. I mean, I don't remember a season like this in college football this where everybody was replacing their offensive stars. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Clemson? Clemson, I have them at number two. I have Ohio State at number three, and for me... Why? Good. For me, it just came <laughs> down to just the quarterback play. I think that... Don't get me wrong. Guys, I'm, this is me not being against Trevor Lawrence. Okay. But I think the drop-off between Trevor Lawrence and DJ is a smaller drop-off than um, Justin Fields and CJ. I, 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 and, I 100% agree with that. Totally. Because and, DJ has proven that he's... Yeah. I think that what also couples that is... I think that Trevor Lawrence benefited from being in a great program for a lot of his college career. I'm not saying that Ohio State's not a great program. 
But I didn't think that Justin Fields won more football games than Trevor Lawrence did because he's Justin Fields. Because he brought that dynamic quarterback play. And I think that'll be missed. I don't think it's going to be missed where you guys are coming out of the top four. But I think we'll see it on the field. Um, watch a lot of lot of CJ Stroud's uh, highlight films. This kid can make every throw in the book. A lot of those throws, was it because he played with freak athletes? Well, guess what? Lucky for him. He gets Olave. He gets Wilson back. Those are freak receiver athletes. So I don't think it's going to be any drop-off where I need to worry about them getting out of the top four. For me, it was just uh, the drop-off between quarterback play. Um, I think DJ will step in. Clemson really needs to reassure that defense at one time was stout like three years ago. Getting 10 starters back is going to be huge for them. But, man, towards the end of the season, the, that defense was was more like Swiss cheese. I mean, allowing 40 points, 35 points. It just seemed like every game you did whatever you want against this Clemson team. And they had to try to turn into an identity that they're not, where they would try to outscore you. She's not really the the Brett Venables defense. Uh, I was about to say to. It, it was very unlike Venables. They kind of yeah. lost their identity on on that side of the ball. And honestly, man, I just didn't see it in Clemson this year. No, I just they didn't, didn't have that. I didn't see the it, fire. That, yeah, yeah, that pop. That I didn't spice, see it, and that's why Ohio State just came out and smacked them in the mouth uh, because Clemson just didn't have it, and for for whatever reason. But it doesn't mean that Clemson's going anywhere. And now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm piecing this together, you know, Ohio State is the only team out of these five, right? Georgia. Uh, sorry, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, that uh, has a question mark at quarterback, where Stroud is the front runner. Yeah. Um, but it's really a battle where every other program knows who their number one is going to be. Like, yep. it's going to be DJ at Clemson. It's going to be Bryce Young at Alabama. Uh, it's going to be Rattler at Oklahoma, and it's going to be JT at Georgia. Ohio State's still trying to figure that out uh, in that quarterback room. We got Kyle McCord. We got Jack Miller. Uh, so there's still some things to figure out. Uh, so so I, I think would, there is something to be said for that experience. I would be hard-pressed not to see CJ start, man. Oh, same. Like, same. I, man, I think he's the clear front runner. Like, if if he loses, it, it's because he he's not grasping. Yeah. The no, no, no. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's just get that out of the way. I think Stroud is, is going he's to good. win the job. He's, yeah, he's I, I, I think he's going to win the job, and uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I will also say about Ohio State, uh, as you already mentioned. I mean, getting Alave and Wilson back is just unbelievable. I mean, I didn't expect uh, Alave was going to be a first round draft pick. Yeah. In the NFL, he's coming back. So whoever wins that uh, quarterback job is going to have plenty to throw to. I think we're going to find schemes to make it happen. And I'm going to also say, when we lost Trey Sermon in that national championship game, it hurt because Master Teague is not the answer at running back. Next year, we are getting the number one running back in the 2021 class, Trevion Henderson. And I'm just saying it right here. I think he's starting game one. The number one running backs don't like going to Alabama anymore. There's there's too many number ones. There's too one. many of them. Well, yeah. look how long Najee Harris had to wait for his turn. Yeah, and he was the number one coming out Nobody of wants class. to wait that long. And now we have Trey Sermon, who's who would probably be getting closer to his NFL debut after next season, but he hasn't even really played. And he was a number one court running back. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. So speaking of Alabama, I, I think we both landed on our number one team. Uh, Alabama is number one until proven otherwise. I mean, that uh, that is bottom line for me right now, especially after their dominant performance in the playoff. I mean, just no one even put up a fight against Alabama in the no. playoff last year. They were so far and above the rest of the country. It was scary. You know what's crazy about Alabama? Like, they say retool and reload, right? That's what you do. This is like the first time that I've really noticed where grad transfers are starting to come to Alabama. Like, before grad transfers, we'd get like a, like a guy like Gardner Minshew who would just come to, like, you know, learn. But we're getting like Lander Dickinson, like guys like that who are coming in and playing. Everyone says, talks that we have to replace three linemen, we have to replace Waddle, Smith. 
But that's the thing. Like, what's new? Yeah, there's a lot of turnover, but we, Bama I, has this every year, and they answer the doubters. We have a freshman coming in who is another Jalen Waddle. Um, we have an electric. We have a, we've never had a quarterback who can run a four four. We have a quarterback who can throw the ball deep and run a four four. I have no idea what to expect when he steps on the field. Sure, except electricity. We have Trace. We have Trace. Uh, Trace Sanders coming back. Who? God forbid, didn't get injured. It's gonna be him and Najee running the ball, bomb, bomb. But he get in a car accident. This kid is explosive, and he comes back from this car accident. Man, it's gonna be another great thing. We, you know, remember two years ago when we were talking about how crappy the Alabama defense was. Man, we had like oh yeah freshmen starters on defense yeah. playing as women. It was young. These freshmen are starting again. Yeah, like the pieces that we lost on defense are not pieces that I'm afraid of losing. I've seen too many rankings not have Alabama number one, and I'm just telling you right now, again, like that's all there is to say. Alabama is number one until somebody proves that they're not. Say, I mean, that just, Saban uses that as bulletin board material. He's like, you see these guys doubting you? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people have Clemson number one. I've seen some people have Georgia. It's just, it's a mess. Bama is the number one team in the country. Uh, I'm not going to hear any other argument against if it. If Bryce Young loses the job in the spring and it goes to Paul Tyson. Look out for Paul Tyson because I have a okay. So I'm going to tell you this story about my aunt. So my aunt, she's real connected with the football team, and during that spring game that Mac Jones won the uh, the MVP, she said to a lot of people, "Mac Jones is better than Tua and Jalen." I went to go visit her this weekend, and she was she was talking about how she saw him at the spring game, and uh, this is a close spring game, and she said that statement. Everyone thought she was crazy. She said, watch out for Paul Tyson. She didn't make the statement say he's better than Bryce Young. She said, watch out for him because he's got a big arm and he's a big dude. And you know how those quarterbacks who like to rip it. So we'll see what happens next year. But Bama's not going anywhere, y'all. The landscape of college football, again, is so interesting. And that's why there's so much to talk about in this offseason because there are just no absolutes in this college football season. There's so many question marks at every program. I mean, guys, this is going to be one of the most exciting college football seasons in such a long time, and we're starting to get news that some uh, stadiums are going to be full capacity. Roll Tide, let's go! Bama's already <laughs> announced that. I think Ohio State is is on their way to announcing that, or at least full two. Like, we're going to get an actual college football season. There's so many games to talk about, so much to break down, so this is only the beginning. Yes, this is going to be so exciting, guys. I totally appreciate you guys listening to our top ten. Uh, go back and re-listen to our 11 through 25 if you want yep. to. yep. Download our podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Spotify. We're also on YouTube, What's the Spread, where I'll go and I'll post as much as I possibly can my daily videos. Um, do it a couple times with my favorite bets throughout the week. Been nailing soccer pretty pretty well. Been on a pretty good streak Tail here. the soccer bets. So, uh, guys, thank you again for listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Guys, can you uh, go ahead and comment, share, like uh, rate us if you like us. If we're making you money and you're liking what we're saying, do that part. Help us out. 